0: Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Mbakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Praise God. My name is Esther Shoru. I am a wife, a mother of two beautiful girls, five years and ten years, and a project manager. My ten-year-old daughter was diagnosed with autism at the age of two years and three months. And it has been a crazy journey since. Through it all, we thank God for the steps we have made so far. And his grace has been sufficient. Being a kid Sunday, the Kijani team here at um, Nairobi Chapel in Bakasi prepared a beautiful program for the kids and their parents. And it was based on the theme of raising courageous children. I was asked to speak on the parenting a special needs child topic although I am still learning and most of the time I have no idea what I am doing I am very grateful and honored to have a chance to share with you all when I got the theme raising courageous children I asked myself what does that even mean more so What does it mean in the scope of special needs parenting? In simple terms, and by breaking down the theme to its basic form of raise and courage, it means bringing up or nurturing children that are brave and that can summon strength to do something that frightens frightens them. You know, this is courage, and that is raising a courageous child what are some of the fears parents have for their children it could be fear for their future will it be good will it be bright fear for what happens when we parents are no longer there and truthfully this is the inevitable scenario and the ideal scenario that no child should ever bury there parents Uh, sorry no parent should ever bury their children fear of their safety are they safe will they be lost are they secure fear for their good health and even fear for their life anytime you leave will you find them alive anytime they leave will they come back alive These fears are there for any parents, regardless of their child being neurotypical or not. These fears keep us up at night. These are the same fears that are our driving force for the efforts we make. The reason we jump out of bed. And these fears are the reason we make investments, send our kids to the best schools, take up second jobs, save up for rainy days even start empires or take up insurance policies with the aim to secure a good future for our children and ensure they are set in our absence, God forbid. For the special needs parents, these fears are heightened depending on the diagnosis and the abilities of the child, the milestones they have achieved, as well as the abilities of the parent. Regardless, they are different from neuro, a neurotypical parent. It means extra resources for medication, equipment, therapies, and even a change in parenting styles. For example, a child like mine, diagnosed with autism and is nonverbal, interacts with the world very differently. She's almost fearless. You see, Autism is a neurodevelopment disorder characterized by mostly repetitive behaviors, uh, impaired social skills, delayed speech or absence of speech and verbal communication, as well as lack or limited imagination. Due to this inhibited ability to imagine, the sense of danger is almost non-existent with these children. Things as easy as telling your child, you know, Bebe, gari. and they understand you. That is more complex for a special needs parent. We have to take very many lessons. Watch social stories on the internet, maybe on the dangers of cars, And even get outside physically to teach your child on a regular basis the dangers or to move away from the cars. Like for us, it took us about six months to do this. Going out in the evenings when, you know, neighbors are coming back. And I go, Mama, car, wall. Then we go to the wall and stand at the wall with my daughter. And that car passes. Two minutes later, Mama, car, we go to the wall, wait for the car to pass. And to me, this seemed like the only way to let her know that you need to move away from cars when they are passing. And it worked, though even up to now, sometimes she may not move. Most parents to neurotypical children have no idea when they stopped picking out clothes for their children. Maybe the child just started asking for a particular outfit or just said, I'm old enough. Or came out changed one morning, you know, and you realised this child can do this. And now that is the normal. Maybe some of you have never even thought about it till now. For most special needs children, especially those with neurodevelopmental disorders, it is a lesson in the activities of daily living, like eating, brushing, dressing, toileting, bathing, daily daily chores, routines. And they almost always take months and sometimes years to teach this and master these skills. You can therefore imagine that the fears of a special needs parent looking at their child so very dependent on them are greatly heightened our worry is more and constant at and constant it's there at all times and our bank quote-unquote for strength and resources must always be bigger to handle these diversities You may have seen stories on the socials of parents who have wished death on their special needs children, not because they hate them, and mostly they do this when they are sick, you know, overwhelmed, before they die, like one who had a a terminal illness, because they don't want to leave these children alone, and they don't know even who might take them up and how they would treat them. So they find themselves wishing for dead, like they die together with their children. On top of these parental fears, there are the fears our children will need to face, such as bullying, socializing, acceptance, sexuality, and many more. Sometimes, we do not plan to talk or equip our children for these scenarios. They may have prompted us by say reporting a child is bullying them, and then you talk about bullying. Or, they may have asked a curious question, say around sexuality, and you talk about that. They may have said a bad word, you remembered to talk about language, and so on. And so forth. And when you did, you got some form of feedback that showed you they understand what you talked about and they are now equipped. You get that sense that they are now equipped. This is different for the special needs parents who either must make a list of what they want to teach and may not be 100% sure that their children understood what they talked about. But I say to you, do not give up. Keep repeating and observing and reteaching till you feel you're good on that particular topic. How then do we raise children, these children that God has entrusted us, as courageous children? One, we parents must take up our position, which is parents. It is your role, not that of your nanny, teacher, pastor, neighbor, grandmother, you know, not anyone else, but your role as a parent to be deliberate and teach your child and to shape them to what you hope and dream they can achieve. It is your role to provide. So work hard, equip yourself to build the resources that they require. Two, support them. Support your children to become the best version of themselves. The best version of themselves, not the best of yourself or the best of the society self but the best versions of themselves as individuals. This means you cheer them up, you cheer for them to improve, you dream with them, you clap for them, you cry with them. You know, simply be there for them. Support them with your resources, like paying for lessons, clubs, schools, you know, therapies, those things that you cannot do. Support them with your time. Support, support, support. Three, teach them. Teach them morals about life, about fun, about investments and savings. Anything, teach them. When you teach them, they can summon this knowledge to handle situations in their life. Take time to answer their questions so that they don't seek answers elsewhere. They may get the wrong answers and especially from the internet. To the special needs parents, constantly make a list. Compare age and ability appropriate topics and purpose to teach these skills. Be vigilant of the environment and the child's behavior, you know, to pick up the cues on what to address. Also teach the caregivers and family members to continue with the lessons and life skills that the children took so long to achieve. You know how to emphasize and maintain these skills. It takes shorter time to lose these skills or regress than it takes to gain them. It is worse to lose a skill than to delay to gain one. So work hard, you and the caregivers, being in sync as a family, to maintain these skills. Now pray for them. Pray because you cannot do this whole parenting thing on your own. Pray that you have the strength to do it and to do it right. Pray that you cover them from evil and wrong paths. Pray that it may be according to God's will and not yours. Pray that his grace may be with you and your children. There is indeed power in prayer. So do not cease praying. Love them. It's been said that love makes the world spin. Love your children and accept them as they are. Let them know constantly that you love them by telling them, by showing them. Let them feel loved. Bottom line, in order to raise a courageous child, neurodiverse or otherwise, we must then equip them with the strength, and I say strength, quote, unquote, to do something that frightens them. This strength, that's why I'm quoting it, like, quote, unquote, is what I equate to the skills, the education, the ability, and the resources, and any other thing you feel is the strength that your child can summon to be courageous. What then is the role of the family, the society, the church, and you as an individual in helping parents raise courageous children, especially special needs parents? One, be kind. Be kind and patient when interacting with others, not just the neurotypical or the neurodiverse children be kind to these special needs children don't sneer at them stare at them you know isolate them kindness goes a long way small gestures of kindness rest, kindness restore humanities for example hold a dog for someone in a wheelchair or those in need let them go fast in cues when you can two Educate yourself. Educate yourself, especially with the many conditions that we are having around the world today, from physical disabilities, autisms, ADHD, cerebral palsy, muscle dystrophy, anything. Educate yourself because knowledge allows you to understand better the situation and especially the do's and don'ts. Educate your children as well that they are diversities so that they understand these special needs children when they come across them. Three, be slow to judge. There is a very thin line between tantrums and meltdowns. Sometimes the parent and the child are doing the best they can at the given situation. Give the, giving them a lecture, or bad stares or judging their parenting or discipline levels is a quick judgment and a wrong judgment. Just don't be quick to judge them. Four, offer help. You can always offer your help by asking, if like, how can I help? Sometimes there may be something you can do. Be quiet. Sometimes silence or doing nothing is better than doing or saying the wrong thing. If in doubt, do nothing and just don't make it worse. Number six, and this is important, acceptance. For the special needs parents, accept the condition of your child. This is the only way you start to help them. For the families and the society. Offer your acceptance to these children and their families. Welcome them to your place. Welcome them. Let them know. You know, there are people who don't even visit their parents. These children don't know their grand ch- uh, their grandparents. They don't know their aunties. They don't go for get-togethers. Because they'll be judged on ETC. Let them know they are invited, they are welcomed. Allow your children to play with them and interact with them. For the church, it is at times of difficulty, although this is not ideal, that we humans run to God, that we seek to understand if for sure there is God, that we doubt that there is God. It is when raising these needs children, our faith is most at test. Above any other ministry, welcoming these families to church is greater than reading the Bible every Sunday. This is by far greater ministry. Our families get to grow in faith, restore broken relationships with God, learn the word of God. Give us this opportunity by welcoming us to your churches. Adjust to accommodate these families either by building a breakout room or a breakout session, allowing family seating, regulating equipment volumes, having sections to fit wheelchairs. And many, many more depending on the different families that you will receive. But above all, showing them love and acceptance and accommodation. This is the role of the church. And this above, these six things above, is the role of you as an individual. It is the role of you as an individual. It is the role of the society. I would like to thank Nairobi Chapel and Makasi for embracing us. May God repay you tenfold. We are indeed better than years ago of staying home every Sunday. Thank you and God bless. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Bunny House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.